Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. We are back still in 2023 with lots of facts for you. We will discover whether they are amazing, whether they're worth sharing, or if they should be chucked into that big bin of knowledge. We do the work, so you don't really have to. Uh, I've got three for you this week. My name's Dan, by the way. got stuff about how you track animals. Also, why your airplane actually gets dark, and how to say yes and no in Bulgarian. Mark is here too. This week for you, British humour not taking a break for war. I've got a you-style fact this week about a person you've probably never heard of. And something for those of us who are doing dry January. And Connor makes up the three. Uh, we're going to talk about cats and, yeah, I mean, the fact they're pointless pets, more on that in a mo. Skydiving. And um, a word that I think sums me up that you need in your dictionary. Idiot? Uh, no, close. A lot going on. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Mark, what did you say? What do you mean, what did I say? You said it's a you-style you I fact. have a you-style fact. What does that yeah. mean? It's a bit of a story about a person who you've never heard of. <laughs> right. So it's a you-style fact. That when, thing? It's one of those, you just going to have to bear with us for a little When you bit. said you, I instantly thought me. And I was like, oh, so it's a fact that doesn't really make sense. I'm up for it. And you also, you know, when we're talking about your megalomania, you've got a fact about yourself in there, didn't you mention something? Uh, yeah, no, I've got a word that I think sums me up. Right, okay. Uh, and I just, the minute I saw it, I just thought we need to have this as part of our vocabulary because there's a lot of people out there like it, and I'm one of them. You can guarantee it's going to be something which is like super arrogant, isn't it? Oh, it's just a really, really long word for something quite simple. That's what it is. Yeah, I think what it is, it's probably something that everyone does, but everyone who does it thinks they're kooky because they do it. Yeah. No, oh, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. I like to turn the lights off before I go to sleep. No, Ooh, it's you not kooky that. Person. And I, I, I think I want to leave that fact till last so we can sit in anticipation for it. Because we are, aren't we? We're Stay tuned. It. Yeah. But if there's a way to listen for longer, it's that. So here's what happens. All week, we sometimes leave through books. We really do churn through the internet to find out things you don't know, things you might not have heard of. And we present them to you judgment-free. You just decide whether you should remember them or whether they are absolutely useless. We'll crack through nine this week. Mark, take it away. During World War II, the Brits pranked the Germans by dropping a wooden bomb on them. Wooden bomb. A wooden bomb. I'll be honest. Middle of a war ain't the time for pranks. British human knows no bounds. So, during World War II, Germans decided they would build secret airfields made out of wood so that from the sky it looked exactly the same. So then when planes are going over, they go, oh, there's an airfield, I'll bomb there. But all they're destroying is wooden planes. Right. Why, why would they do that? It's a bit pointless. of a waste of time, isn't it? Absolutely pointless. Yeah, I'd focus more on actually making sure that they don't bomb yeah. than... You'd, yeah. you'd think so, right. But so, yeah, so they, so they built these decoy airfields. Right. The Brits got a hold of this, did some recon flights, went, yeah, we're seeing you build them. It's not just the thing you put up overnight. It's quite a slow thing. We're seeing you build them. Didn't say anything. Let them finish. As soon as they finished... They sent a bomber over who just dropped a wooden bomb right on their wooden airfield. And that was it. Uh, I, I'm a man who enjoys the, the, the positive side of life. I like to have a laugh. Mm. I like to see the silver lining this is, in, this in is life's murky yeah. cloud. I'm just feeling no like back and forth banter between two opposing nations, belligerence in the middle of a war. It does seem a weird time to, to, to have a bit of bants, isn't it? Do you think the... People that were in the plane that dropped the wooden bomb were like chuckling as they flew away. Oh, ve- very, very light. So it was just a lump of wood that smashed on the floor. It was a. So the wooden bomb is still intact. That you can see it in museums. Uh, and it is. To, I like a museum, but who's going? Who's, there? who's going to? Look I have bomb? to intervene. Con- Connor would. You search post boxes, mate. <laughs> like this is more interesting yeah, than looking at 
your local post box, I would probably say. Yes, they drop. And I think you're probably actually now thinking fair. Uh, maybe one. It's not, it's not more fascinating than all the post boxes, though. Okay. Have you found any post box with Charles's stamp on yet? No, I've not been made yet. They're not being made yet. No, it's a good point. Actually, He'll I'll be read, on it I'll when read, they are. I'll, read, I'll look that up. Yeah. Right. So yes, they so they made a bomb out of wood that looks exactly like a bomb. Had the metal casing uh, around certain bits of it, and then yeah, dropped it ready for the Germans to find. Basically, as a <laughs> yeah, we know what you're doing. F you. I'm I'm going back to on this fact the original thing of them building wooden aircrafts or whatever right so the pointless yeah, like well, such a idea I, I feel like doing this podcast we've realized more that some of the decisions that are made in war we've had quite a lot of war facts are really bad i can i can see the logic behind it a decoy airfield so that as you're flying over you're expecting an airfield to be in that space mm. so you would bomb the wooden one meaning that you're protecting the real one so i can i can understand the logic behind it the issue is, is as the Brits found, it takes a long while to do. So therefore, it's quite obvious that that's what you're doing because you can see it being built from well, the sky. Well, well, here's what should have happened in that scenario. And I don't advocate bloodlust within wars. If you can see it happening, if yeah. you can see men working on it, yeah. don't wait till the end and like have a bit of banter and chuck a wooden bomb. Blow them all up. Yeah. Well, no, because right. it comes back to what Connor said. Why are you wasting your time doing that? If you let them finish that airfield, they're not spending that time doing something else. Yes, I understand. So yeah. actually, go on, build your wooden airfield. Like, it's not going to do yeah. anything. It's just going to occupy your time. So more what, men. So why would you give it away straight away? More men. On yeah, guns I get that. Trying to shoot you down. It's just a bit of a, a stupid I told you so, isn't it? It's a stupid one in the eye for you. Well, it's know, the like, Brit and the Germans. They've always been stupid. That's the Brits for you. Yeah. That is British humour right there going... Yeah, it's fine. We'll get, so, back. we'll get them back in a month or so. You know, it's a point for each, isn't it? I can imagine that was what the war was like at some stage as well. Oh, the Germans got one over the Brits and the Brits got ones over the I Germans. Think, and yeah. now, we, you know, we'll get along. Fine. Yeah, yeah, you have to remember that what World War Two was six years long. So, uh, it went on for six years. Uh, it was a while. I think, I think in that time, you do just get used to the way things are happening and maybe you do look for the little wins when you can get them. I think mm. that what's interesting is when you look, I know it's obviously a different time to now, but... When we do things and stuff in this country, I imagine there's probably a lot of thought and a lot of like process that goes into decisions that are made within war or whether we're going to act or whether we're going to do this, whether they're going to do that. Yeah. They really didn't during the time of World War II probably really think into things much. I reckon that wooden aircraft situation was just a, oh, it's a good idea. Bang, do it. They didn't really break down what's the time that goes into it. How much does it cost? Pro- probably didn't get all the way up to Churchill to sign off. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Whereas here now, we think about it all a little bit too much sometimes. Yeah. We're like, oh, what, time's up. What do we think about too We're much? We're not going back to the pandemic. What do we think about too much? What? What? what, what in politics, what are we thinking about too uh, much? Well, now, we, just, we all take our time, don't we? Well, uh, we don't. We're not, we're not politicians. What, but you what, what are the suits MP? doing in Whitehall? That's... That is one thing that would make me vote for you as an MP. I, if you stood up oh, there. Oh, yeah, I do need to do this. If you stood that's up there reminding right, me. and you went, hello, I'm the MP of Leightonstone, where I live. And you were like, one thing that I promise I want to do for you, Leighton Stone people, when I'm there in the Red Lion drinking a beer, oh, I like this guy, is I'm not going to take my time. I'm going to no. think it through, but I'm going to act. Yeah, right. but for most things, you want people to take their time. You want them to think. You don't just want instant action. It's been not too long. What's not- the perfect timing then? How, how many minutes is it worth a thought? I think it's a perfect timing when the civilians aren't sitting here like, well... What's going on? What's going on then? That's, that's too long, right? Right. You can't have Andy, who's a plasterer, working it out quicker 
well, than you are. Andy, the plasterer from the Leytonstone area. Sounds like a Leytonstone folk, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, Put your drinks in the red line. Mm, Amstel I, top. I'd, I'd be keen for your vote. I'd vote for you if you said that. I think so. Anyway, Dan Sims are going after the working man's vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just thought, yeah. Just they all love me. White collar, blue collar. Yeah. They all vote for Hope. Vote for Dan Simpson. Connor, give us your first fact of the show. Uh, enjoyed this one. Skydiver Joanne Murray once crash landed on a fire ant hill at 80 mile per hour because her chutes failed to open. You like this? You like, I like you this. You like that one, did you? She survived. Yeah. She survived because the ant hill was full of ants that yeah. when they bite you, inject venom into you. The venom made her heart continue beating at a point where it should have stopped beating because it was in shock by how much she was being bitten by the ant farm that she landed on. I felt like I was in a labyrinth there. And she's still doing here to a, tell the tale. Doing a Rubik's Cube trying to figure out that fact. She's still here to tell the tale. The adrenaline from the ant farm that she landed on at 80 mile an hour bit her and kept that heart beating. Now, I earlier I'd on, rather die. <laughs> earlier on in the show, I mentioned that I was a man who, who enjoyed seeing the positive side hmm. of things. M- Mark is, is more cynical than I am. What, I what are you thinking about I agree this? with that. Um, I, I feel like... If you hit the ground that hard, it's not just your heart you're worried about. Yeah, there's, so, yeah, there, so. there, there's, there's a lot more than just your heart. The, the point you're being kept alive, you're going, oh, is this worth it? Yeah. Well, I looked into this. Apparently, so it says she did sustain injury. Yeah, I, and obviously, imagine, so. I, I imagine so. Yeah. yeah, and obviously injury can lead to heart failure as well because, you know, it could cause anything. You could punch, I don't know, but... <laughs> Injury can lead to heart failure because it can cause... Of course, injury. I don't it know. can cause a thing. Toxic on a night for you. <laughs> am I right in thinking... I don't know, but can intense pain cause failure of heart? I do not know. I do not know, right? Don't know. But the fact that the venom was hitting her body and the adrenaline of that from the amount of ants was also, Can we please call it venom Fantastic. rather than venom? <laughs> yeah, venom, venom. Venom. Great fact. Survived from an ant farm. So, remind me why the ant bite made her heart carry on because it was the adrenaline of her body reacting to all of the what's the word venom going into her do kept you, her heart beating do you understand mm. this i actually found the fact on reddit thought this sounds like so nonsense, essentially the, 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 the venom that was going into her body was acting the like the venom don't know what you're talking about venom sorry the venom oh, okay, venom yeah the venom. the venom going into her body was acting like a Almost like a defib. Yeah, so the doctors come to the conclusion that they believe that the shock of being stung, which they recorded was over 200 times by these yeah. ants, released that surge of adrenaline, which actually kept her heart beating and ultimately did keep her alive at a time of recovery. That's, that's the ultimate bad to good day, in it? You're going skydiving. Yeah. What's bad about sky- What's the worst thing that can happen? Parachute doesn't open. You're free falling. How to make that worse? Probably yourself. You fall into an ant pile and get bitten 200 times. You're having a bad day. Hmm. Flip reverse it. It's only helped you survive. What's her name? Joanne Murray. She up and walking around now? Yeah. Looks pretty good, actually. See, that's my issue with skydiving. Joan Murray. Joan Murray, sorry. That's my issue with uh, skydiving. The IBS boots in halfway down. You're not, you're not, you don't travel for long enough for it to make an issue. If your IBS kicks in without you, like, being able to plan for it or mm. guess that it's happening with a 10 minute window i don't have 10 minutes i feel like connor's ibs as he's got as he's like falling down but you know like when the mars rocket like, like the mars rovers land and they have like the the little um engines that kind of like slow its descent down to earth mm. that's what connor would be like 
Yeah. It would just be enough that it would slow him down to earth and he'd come to a nice gentle stop <laughs> in his own. It'd be the moment, you know, the man that you're attached to when you jump out of the plane that actually controls the parachute. Yeah. We'd land and the first thing he'd do is just look at me and go, did you yourself? But I, I've, I've been in this podcast studio with you many, many times mm. and you've sat here for an hour plus and never needed to like rush off to so why is you jumping out of a plane? Why would it suddenly happen there? That's because we record on Wednesdays and Wednesdays are a busy day for me. So usually my Tuesday <laughs> decisions food-wise are good because right, okay. I cannot break on a Wednesday. If for... you, it, Surely if you're going to skydive no. though, you would do the same. You'd be like, I probably should be good just so I'm not during a skydive. Yeah. No, because I, I plan it. So on Mondays... Wait, one second. If you're, if this is one of the first lesson uh, podcasts of ours you're listening to, Connor's got the... Yeah. Corner has IBS. Corner has IBS. But it bloody well works when it comes out the other end. <laughs> so basically, on Mondays, I have a less busy day. So therefore, I don't mind going slightly wild on Sunday because I know that I can cater in the time for any IBS mm. situations. Whereas Wednesday is a busy day for me. Lots of travelling on tubes. Got two things to do on Wednesday. And there's fear for that. Tubes, right? I'm talking 20 minutes. So what do you do on a Tuesday? Talk me through your diet on a Tuesday to plan that you might not be able to immediately drop trousers. Well, it's more and... of a dinner decision. So whole yeah. wheat pasta on a Tuesday is always a good move. Stodges you up. Yeah, stodges me up. Well, whole wheat though, not white pasta. Nah, Mind that hard. Not half a wheat, a whole wheat. Yep. Yeah, can't do that. Full whole wheat. And yeah. I, can't, I can't introduce cream into anything because that is... Is that a big decision... That you need to make? Creamy pastas. What else? Creamy casseroles. Dessert. Can I ask a question? Also, well done if you're still listening. If on a Tuesday you make the decisions that mean you're not going to yourself, why don't you make those decisions yeah. every day of the week? <laughs> because he likes because of the cream. You need to have uh, fun. Because he can't cream anything. Because he likes a creamy pasta and a creamy casserole, of course. It was like the other day, walking around the um, shopping centre with my girlfriend. And, is, where is this going? Uh, no, it's just, you know, sometimes you just got to think about this in my, in my world. What do you want for dinner? She said, nan those. Now, that is always a bit of a fuss for me. It's chicken. Yeah, I know, but with the flavours that go it's on it sometimes and the, the, the oily chips and that anyway. And I looked, Saturday night, Sunday, I'm going to be up tomorrow. Fine. So, some, it. so sometimes it's worth it. Yeah. Whereas on a, on a Tuesday night, <laughs> right? Chaos, so carnage. Let me ask you, without getting into too much of the crude details, you having a Nando's on a Saturday, you've got a three day Sunday. What, what will that mean? Will that just mean you're sat on the toilet the whole day? Will it mean you need to be within ten meters of a toilet all time? No. What it means is that I have control of toilet time. Whereas if I'm here right now, baffled has control of me. So again. This is a long ass way of saying if you were going skydiving, no cream, whole wheat pasta, right? Absolutely. What's the fact? Uh, Joan Murray got bit by ants and survived falling out of her plane Thank at you. 80 mile an hour. Well done, Joan Murray. Because the venom kept her heart beating. Venom. First fact of the show for me. How do you reckon they track endangered species, Mark? I think that they give them an iPhone and turn on Find My Friends. It's really... <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. We get there. We're getting there. You're trying. You're trying harder though for the new year. Thank you. Um, how do you think they track endangered species? So, if a chameleon, say, that's meant to be in a certain country, it is found in another country. How how do they work out where it was meant to be, or where it came from? No idea. Parasites. What the little things that attach to their body? No, they get in the body. A parasite is anything that leeches off you, basically. Right. 
So, so Connor on this podcast. So say, uh, <laughs> say they bust open a mansion in, for instance, Florida. Yeah. And they find... Ah, oh, Parasite that's got an Australian accent. They uh, know it comes from Australia. And they find that it's... That they're, and they see these crocodiles there. They say these crocodiles are endangered. Where do they come from? They track the parasites because they'll only get those parasites, those illnesses you might see from certain places in the world. Right. So science. Science. Again, we come back to that big word, don't we, with a capital S, science. That big word. Questions, please. We went on about creamy pasta mm. and your old poo-poo bum. So with... uh, how do they distinguish, if that's the word, differentiate maybe? That could be the better word. But between, the word. between the parasites from different countries. Because certain parasites will only come from, they'll only be bred in the climates, you might say, of different countries. Do the French parasites have a tiny little moustache? No, that's almost as See, bad as... where my head goes, That's right? almost as bad as the iPhone finder friends joke. I'm imagining, like, little parasites with all the attributes of the places. One second, been. one second, one second, one second, one second. Do you know what a parasite is? little bug, isn't it, that attaches to you and sucks your blood? No, that's like a tick or a leech. Well, there's a guy on TikTok that runs around saving all the parasites from the shrimp that are on the seafloor beds in Australia. Well, uh, uh, and they're attached to their little gills. A parasite generally is anything It looks a that, little bit like a fat centipede thing. Yeah, a parasite generally is anything that lives off someone else. So <sighs> it's, it's surviving. I've met a few of them in my time. Not like you or your mum and dad. Right. It, 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 it's something that, yeah, lives. Like mistletoe as a plant is a parasite. Is it? Because it's leaching Onto off, off the plant that it's on. Oh. It's, off the roof. <laughs> it's a long old time, isn't it? The big struggle. I'm sorry. What are we, four hours into the recording now? Oh, jeez. These are parasites that live inside you, like <clears> tapeworms, <throat> for instance. That's a parasite. Right. So they're, at, they're finding the parasites that are in these endangered species. They know where the endangered species have actually come from. Yeah. Because these parasites can only come from very specific but places. What, 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 uh, but, um, mm, but I'm confused as to how they know where that parasite's from. Science studying. Right. He, he, here's the question I have for you. It's sure. always the excuse. If isn't it? you've got, obviously, we kind of know where the parasite will have originated. Do you want from. me to define what a parasite is again? No, it's fine. I, I, I know that much. It's like a little little bug. Yeah, it's got a little mustache if it's French. Yeah, yeah I got it. Omelette du fromage. Oh, wee, wee, wee. A Dexter's so, laboratory joke for you there. If, so obviously, we know where parasites originate from originally. Yeah. So if you find it in a certain animal, though, surely it could also mean that something else has brought it over. And it's then passed on to an animal, it's passed on to an animal, it's passed on to the endangered animal. Well, that, that there is what that, what that has done there is just proved that science is once again spiel, because that is the truth. I once spoke to a, parasite a scientist who had found a woolly mammoth tusk, right? These yeah. things were around hundreds of thousands yeah. of years ago, even longer. They managed to find exactly where that woolly mammoth had lived, where it had been, where it had walked to, where it had found food. Just by looking at its tusk. How amazing is that? Says them. And obviously you go, oh yes, it must be true. <laughs> why would I? Because you can't prove it wrong. Yeah, but why would I, why would I want to? Why would anyone want to lie yeah, about I, that? Why would anyone want to lie about that? It doesn't that? matter though. Because so who wakes up in the morning and thinks, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to say I found a woolly mammoth tusk. No, and I And I know that. exactly where it's been. I believe that. I believe that, that he's found a woolly mammoth tusk. But I, you can just add the bit on afterwards. Oh yeah, he lived in Canada. Like on the edge there, southern border that was, and then he moved over a little bit later to the USA. Did he? Yeah. How'd you find that out? I looked at the tusk and done science. <laughs> You're not going to know any different. It's because 
it's you're almost like a, it. it's almost like a tree, really. It's almost because how it's grown, what's in it, is almost differentiated or distinguished year by year. So you'll have a layer of when it was in Alaska, for instance, another layer when it was in Saskatchewan or wherever it is in Canada. And they can tell by that layer how long it's spent there. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Right. Yeah. You you believe that though? I believe anything these days, mate. Yep. I know you. you that, I know we've heard some of the facts you bring to the podcast. Yeah. That, yeah. that woman fell four miles and managed to land on a beehive and survived or something like that. Google it. She had venom. Her name's Joan, though, by the way, not Joanne. What was her last name? Murray. Good. Or Murray. Good. Well done off the top of your head. Yeah. Eight mile an hour. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story about a woman called Judith Love Cohen. Oh, settle yourself in. God. So she was an engineer. Hold on, before you get into this, yes. make it good, this story. I really, emph- do as if you were at school doing it. Right, he, we did. Here is the key thing, Connor, that you need to do with this story that you don't normally do. Listen. Right. We did go through a stage of you on the podcast where you did bring in quite rambling facts that would lead nowhere. Yeah. It's fine. This, Let's, this only has 29 paragraphs. Let's judge this. this. Selling. So, she was an engineer in the American space program and worked on the system that ultimately helped save the lives of Apollo 13, the abort guidance system. So, uh, she was pregnant at the time she was working on this, went into labour uh, with the problem still unsolved. She took a printout of the problem with her. As she's giving birth, right. she's solving this solution. She then rings up the... Uh, <laughs> she then rings up her work later oh. that day to say, I've given birth to a boy. Oh, and by the way, I've solved this solution. No. Oh, and by the way, that boy she gave birth to? Jack Black. Am I... Is this real life? Am true, I living... So, true story. So, am I living So in, Jack Black's mum solved the issue that saved Apollo 13's lives while giving birth to it. Why? Can I just say something, right? Not that I'm saying this fact is true or false, but why is it that these ridiculous things always happen to somebody who has given birth or related to the most famous people ever? Right, I've got uh, my theory on that. So I've got two theories. One, mm. it's really, really funny that it's Jack Black. I thought you would say, and that person is Elon Musk or something, you know. No, Jack Black. Neil Armstrong, someone related to yeah. Phil Mitchell. The fact that it's Jack Black is, is I, I can't, I don't know if it makes the story better or worse, if I'm honest. It could just be something that he's made up in an interview. No, by all accounts, this is like, I've done the research on it, and this is true from a lot of different people saying it. Right. Like he said it on Letterman. There is no, I am not having that she's, you know, having a baby is one of the most painful things in the world. Focuses your mind. I am not. I am not having systems. that this woman, she's been told, push, 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 damn it, keep pushing. Otherwise, the school of rock won't be made. I so, can't imagine that she's going, oh, Eureka. So, I mean, I, the bit which is a bit of an exaggeration probably is that it was as she was literally giving birth, but as she's in labor, but labor can obviously go on for quite a few hours. And she solved that thing. She solved uh, the problem they were having with the abort guidance system. Yeah. And then popped Which up. ultimately is what saved Apollo 13 because uh, they ended up having to abort their, land, she was their lunar landing, return to Earth. Right. While she was in labour. While she was in labour. Then Jack Black was born. And that's where Jack Black came from, yeah. This is complete and utter nonsense, isn't it? I mean, not nonsense and isn't true. I can't believe this has actually happened. How's that ridiculous thing happened? And then Jack Black's come. Menel. Nepotism. What? By the reason that these people... You're going to have to fa- explain that word to him. The reason that these people, you know, famous people always have interesting parents is they got a lot of the old cash. Right. So they give it to their kids to help them out. Yeah. I don't know what Jack... 
Pack's career has been like? What is, what is life before his career? Mm. Neither do I. Very School of Rock's bloody good film. It is indeed. You know, well, also, if you're film. raised by a woman who goes into labour trying to solve an abort guidance system, you kind of understand why Jack Black's the way he is. Gives you determination. Gives you focus. Gives you graft. You need those in Hollywood. You know another good Jack Black film? Nacho Libre. Libre. <laughs> what? So good. Nacho! So good. I tell you what. I'll, I'll let you in on something. Right. Never seen the film. I just knew as soon as I mentioned that show, oh, it Connor would like. like it's in Connor's top five. Let's be honest. If you bring up any kind of slap bang mid noughties, slightly dross, average as film, Connor is loving it. I've well, got one simple question for you, Connor. Yeah. Higher or lower than Spy Kids? Hold on a minute. Oh, yeah. Cheap by the dozen, cheap by the dozen too. Daddy Daycare, Nacho Libre, Spy Kids. Yeah. Oh, higher. There we go. What about Big Mama's House 2? And two? then you get into the Lord of the Rings sequels. Big Mama's House 2? Never really got into He's it. He's dressed up like a woman with a fat bum. Did watch the whole of the Cars series over Christmas. They're fantastic films, they are. They're, they've got better storylines than Lord of the Rings for me. Heard it here first. I think Lord of the Rings is a load of... <laughs> it's so intense. Cars, easy. <laughs> Good storyline. You get a bit of love in there. You've got a little bit of like, you know, the, the, the competition. London, the London one's crap though, isn't it? What? Oh, it's the, awful. The one where they go to London. What? Lord awful. of the Rings? Yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings where they go to London, mate. <laughs> Frodo, the Big Ben. Oh, that'd be a good spin-off, that. Cars. Cars. I've watched, I don't know. I just watched them all and loved them. Yeah, but there's the one where they go to London. Oh, it obviously just fitted into the series as a good one for me. <laughs> I enjoyed them all. Are you sure you watched Cars and not like Top yeah, Gear? Yeah, yeah. The one with Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Yeah. Top Gear. Yeah. It's a struggle, isn't it, this? Yeah, I can I every Thanks. minute of it. <laughs> what? Connor, give us your second fact of the show. You've got a cat, haven't you? Love my cat. Yeah. She doesn't love me. Do you like cats, Mark? I think they're the most ridiculous, evil, stupid creatures in the world. Right, so do I, because another reason why they're pointless. Cats spend so much of their time sleeping that by the age of nine, they would have only been awake for about three years. They're the laziest animal that is known that can be a pet. Great. Well, pointless. And then after time, they're not with you anyway, because they're out doing whatever they want to do, hoping that maybe, fingers crossed. Is this a fact, or are you just slagging them off? No, no, this is a fact. What was the fact? That they're actually awake and alive for you to pet for three years out of nine that you have them for. So a third of the time. Because they sleep the whole time. Well, a third of the well, time. Well, actually, as well, you haven't really got three years of them because then you half that because they're out and about, aren't they? Fighting with foxes. How, how many hours are there in a day? 24. How many hours do you roughly sleep for? Uh, seven. So at Let's the, say a third. Uh, yeah, so the, the, and, uh, the, you know, scientists say that you should sleep for eight hours a day, which is a, th- a third. 8, 16, 24, yeah. Yeah. So that, that means if you're alive for nine years, you're, you're, you're awake for two thirds of the day. Yeah, which is better than a cat, it's isn't it? It's twice as much of a cat. Much I, I, don't, I don't really see what you're getting at here. And the but cat it, ain't costing me it, five grand. But it is a cat. Yeah, exactly. So it's a completely so it different animal. No, but is you see, what I wanted to open up here, it's great debate, is what's the point? Because they it's sleep it's for a majority of their... Well, no, it's not. Because they sleep for a majority of their time. The other time they don't want to come near you, the rest of the time they're out with all their mates. Dogs and you've sleep got to sit there with ang- Yeah, you have, but you ain't got the anxiety when they wake up of going out for the... What are you talking about? Letting cats go wandering. I don't do that. My cat stays in my flat. Honestly, mate, the other day I was walking down the road and I saw a cat and then I walked to about three houses. Was it awake or asleep? It was awake. And then yeah. I saw a fox and Wait I thought, there. this is a nightmare. I, wouldn't want my- I saw a fox yeah. near the cat. Yeah. I thought I wouldn't want my cat near a fox, but I can't control that because well, he's in a different road. Cats are quite boisterous. Like the cat will just slap the fox, I would imagine. Pointless pets. You've got more. You've got more the fun Egyptians used to in a think... goldfish, mate. Genuinely, because you can keep an eye on it. The, the Egyptians used to think cats were gods, lords. 
Well, well yeah, the well, Egyptians are still here, aren't they? Great. Well, we best buy one then. No, they're not just. They're cute. Yeah, okay. very cute. I'm very allergic to them, want? so it doesn't work for me. But okay. if they're a house cat, great. I agree with that. Fantastic. What is the point otherwise? You've got anxiety every day. I'd worry. Every night I go to bed, what is he up to? I think, you get, I think you'd get over it quite quickly. Is he run over? I think you'd get over it quite quickly. I don't think I would. I can deal with it. Could you? Well, so, there we go. So the fact is that a cat sleeps for two thirds of the time. And that I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key part of this it was a strange one, wasn't it? Nine years of life, you get three years with it. I understand. Half that, they're, they're, one and a half is anxiety. I understand. They're awake because your, li- your little cat Oreo is out. Look, stop with the. You've nine- already named your imaginary cat. Yeah. Stop with the nine and three. They're awake a third of the time. I've named my dog, by the way. Have you? I want a dash hound, and it's going to be called Biscuit. Right. And when it goes out, I walk it. <laughs> what do you do? What's your cat's name? Tiggy. Tiggy. Yeah. After Tigger. Well, yeah, bitch, she's just a bit of a brat. So she was, like, bouncing everywhere. Does Tiggy go out? No, she's a flat cat. See, that? that's a good cat. A flat cat as in stays in the flat rather than as an actual as in, cat. As in, no, <laughs> if she was on the road... <laughs> she is like, a 2D cat. Yeah, as in did go out. And did go out once. It went wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Across the road. Yeah. It's starting to smell a bit, but it's all right. And okay. A lot of scientists are actually saying, hello, scientists, are saying that you shouldn't let cats out because it messes with the ecosystem, introducing a new predator. So... You have a flat cat. Yeah, I'm sure the whole world is scared shitless of Tiggy. Yeah. <laughs> God, don't let Tiggy out. The world's got enough predators out there. See, see, Tiggy you... locked up. You want to know something? Imagine what's going to happen. You want to know something? Burning buildings everywhere. No, listen, Tiggy's to blame. No, listen to this, right? I very rarely get annoyed by anything. But honestly, when I'm like a little bit of fire lit in me there. <laughs> you slagged off my cat. And like I, I got like, I had, to, I had to like restrain it. I had to push it down. Like I got a little bit... Like a little bit of the red mist. What were you talking about? I was saying that you've got a flat cat. Yeah. So therefore, you enjoy your cat. What is this, by the way? Right? It's off the back of my facts. What happens with my facts creates discussion. Would Would you not have a cat if it was an outside cat? Depends where I lived, I guess. Yeah, but would you enjoy that process? You know, I've got friends. I've seen their mums when we're over there doing the family barbecues or whatever. <laughs> Eight hours. Where's this cat gone? I think it depends on the relationship you have with your cat. Not in that way. Oh, what? So you've got to build a relationship before it goes out? Uh, no, no, no. I, th- I think if you go... More admin than a relationship, mate. If you have a cat and, and maybe you live in a big spot, I think it more or less comes and goes and you don't really worry about it too much. No. Also, women, women don't, as in female cats, don't really go that far. It's only men. Mate, you get... Honestly... What is this, by the way? These cats, right, they connect to you so, yeah. they, so they make you think... Go down the road, get a bit of food for Malcolm, who lives on his own. You know, he's miserable. He's old. Yeah. He's feeding your cat. Who's Malcolm? Well, um, he's three doors down. Why does Malcolm live down yeah, the road from right? you? Mr. Brown, down the road. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Brown. I'm talking three yeah. doors down. We're just creating an image. Malcolm. Malcolm. Right? So get that in your head. What colour is his hair? Uh, Grey, bit of a tash, like me. What Smokes he... a pipe, but miserable. What does he wear? Well, what, anyway. Old man trousers. Old man trousers. Shirt. Sure, right. He's feeding your cat. Why is he doing that? There's so many stories. Well, because he's... Just on his own. He's old. What happened? What about Mr. Brown, Malcolm Brown does? No, but that, what I'm, what I'm what saying is... Wife? No, but you hope... His you... wife died many years ago. We said we wouldn't talk about it. It's what's very his... painful for him. Come what, on. What's his pension rate like? No, do you know what? <laughs> How's he affording the food? You put trust in your bloody cat that yeah. your cat's coming home. It's not. It's going to stay with Malcolm. And then you get those stories, didn't you, where they put the photo up on the lamppost. Has anyone seen this cat? Yes. He's at Malcolm's getting the food that you weren't giving him and he's left you behind because you just let him out wandering and he's free to go anywhere. It's either that or he gets run over. Or eaten by a fox. Where's Malcolm Holiday in this summer? <sighs> it was there to create a picture. 
Fact number two for me. Do you know why your airplane dims the lights? Uh, to sleep. When you take off and when you land, they dim the lights, don't they? Yes. Yes. Do you know why? And they, you have to open the windows. Do you know why? And they you shut- have to open the windows because you are the eyes of the pilot. No. That's what I've been told you before. I'm trying to think here, actually. Use your logic. Lose your brain. Is it, is it because as you're going in, there kind of any lights that is reflecting or whatever that might be into other planes that are landing or taking off from the airbase? No. Oh. Is so it they're... something to do with science? Well, I guess technically. Of course it is. I've got no idea. Because there are cats running a mug. Don't know. It's so your eyes can adjust to the uh, the night sky outside in case there's an emergency landing. So if you're flying at night, they will dim the lights in the cabin when you take off and when you land. Mm-hmm. So your eyes can adjust to darkness just in case you have to make an emergency landing so you can see where you are outside. Would you like another little plain fact on that? Well, I thought that was good enough. Oh, it's great. You don't need to override <laughs> it. No, I'm not. When you had your fact about cats... We banged on and had a go at poor old Tiggy the Tabby for okay. like an hour. Okay, before I give and you... And you're railroading this one. Well, before I give you the extra plane fact, what would you like to discuss with that fact? I'd like you to do something with it. I turn that bloody cat fact... He's about to do something with it. He's about to add to I it. I turn that cat fact into gold. Well, I'm about to blow your mind. Go right. on, give us your plane fact. I think that's one of the best facts, actually. I think that's a really good fact, actually. I like that, too. So here... Um, so I will tell you one uh, another one. No, I just don't know what else to say on it. You know, at the end of the planes where they are they have like the preparation station of like food and bevs yeah, yeah. at the back of the plane yeah. are, yeah. we t- are we talking like an easy jet small number like oh, no, a big like airbus long haul long haul planes the big yeah, ones that you yeah. use right? right you know the middle row usually the last set of chairs on that middle row will have that kind of wall behind it won't it yeah do you know that wall is a set of stairs that leads up to the top of the plane where there's bunk beds so that the air hostesses and stuff can have naps during their 10 hour long shifts so yeah, the actual the me. actual bunk beds are above your head yeah it doesn't surprise me but you didn't know that I, I did well I could take a guess yeah but, the, but my anyway f- so your eyes adjust the light my fact was better <laughs> airplanes dim the lights when they take off and land at night to give your eyes time to adjust in to case you jump out if you crash I had on the back of that as well another plane fact oh um, but like, right, Dan, like, Dan how, how, how is this feeling for you right now? <laughs> well, a bit, I mean, that was the one about the fact that they get to sleep. Mine's, is mine's more related to yours. But also, like, the reason that you have to take off even in daytime with the blinds up is because if you... like Frantic if there's, Googling if there's there a, from Mark needs to beat mine. Yeah, no, come on. No, no, this is, this is something good. That, like, if you see a fire in the engine, the pilot ain't going to see that. He ain't got rear view mirrors. So you're the one that has to see that. So you have to alert everyone. What are you meant to do? So I've got a role. Just shout fire. Yeah, you've got a role. Yeah, that's why you have to have the blinds open. You've so got to... If there's an issue, you see it and you alert someone to it. You have to stop, drop and roll. I'm not doing that. I, when I take off, I'm deep in Mario Kart. I've got my jelly babies next to me. Yeah. Yep. Usually I've got my girlfriend in my ear as well. Going, oh, no, jelly baby. I'm like, well, you should have bought some at Smith's. I'm, I'm, I'm busy Mario Kart. Exactly. Time. These are mine. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. 
You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. If you want to get in touch with the show, by the way, info at bafflepod.com or easier, everything you need is just baffledpod.com. You can get merch, you can say hello, you can drop us facts. Uh, much easier than sliding into Connor's DMs because there's no risk involved. I'd like to hear from you next week. Let's get round to our last round of facts. Mark, go. So for any of you doing dry January, let me give you a stat which will help you to keep going. A new study has shown that the majority of those that manage to go sober for just 18 days have significant cognitive improvements. Oh, don't get me started on all this. That's a bit tight. Just don't get me started on it all. What's, what's wrong with the you? The dry jam people, the Joe Wixes that come out of the woodwork after Christmas do my absolute nothing. What's wrong with it? Though? As soon as Michael Bublé goes back because in, I'll tell Joe you what's wrong with it. I'll tell you exactly what's wrong with it, right? You've got the people that absolutely have it all year round. They get to January. Do you all think of... you're on talk TV? No, honestly. All of a sudden, they're in the gym. They're not drinking. Then, February hits. Utter carnage. That weekend is chaos, mate. You binge more in that weekend when it's Feb than you would have if you had spread it out over Jan. Yeah, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think people are making a... I think people do it for a few reasons. People are making... uh, It's a sense of accomplishment, which I think is very good, and they're celebrating that. Your shorts on. It's six degrees in London, (laughs) I really enjoy how quickly your mind just goes to something else. Why have you got your legs out, mate? It is six degrees. I only have three pairs of trousers, and they're all in the wash. Buy trousers. It's freezing. It's a sense of accomplishment for dry janners. I think it's fine. It's, it's something to do to start the year off on a real positive. Bam, you've managed it. Also, a lot of people do it to save money after an expensive Christmas. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons. And yeah. if you want to get fit and healthy, you know, after maybe indulging over Christmas, it, it, it gives you an excuse. It overcomes the roadblock of a hangover. And, you know, you can't do so much damage in one day that's going to override what you've done throughout a month. So your fact... He's obviously linking to dry January, but he's actually linking to any break period you would have yeah, from any, alcohol. Any, any break period. So yeah, essentially, which... if you kind of take, let's say, just 18 days, so, you know, shy of three weeks, uh, then your uh, cognitive skills such as uh, memory and attention improve in about 63% of the sample. So, wow. uh, you know, quite a lot of people will see an improvement in your memory and your cognitive skills. Bit boring, this one, isn't it? Just giving, like it's interesting. Just, just giving something for those who are doing dry jam. It is interesting, but it is a bit obvious I mean, as well. You know what I mean? Nothing could keep up with the cat fact. <laughs> That's the issue. We, we've peaked at Mister Brown. I f- hate cats. Yeah, I'm not a fan of dry jam either. Not been a good one for me this this, this week. Well, you a fan of Mario Kart? No, I I like being a healthier version and setting yourself a few goals. I do think that sometimes, though, all jokes aside, dry jam can put a lot of pressure on you at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's a problem. So. And I think they're noticing that now. So I think the people who tend to be the main voice boxes for Dry January are kind of saying, look, it's okay to fail and then come back. That's have, half the problem. Do you two make, or have you made any adjustments in January that you try and do? Oh, I've and... cut down on booze massively. Right. Just... I, I've only had one day of drinking this January, and that was when... I think we I all do that. Walk, so I, I think we all do that yeah. naturally. Because I do think January isn't really the time of the... It's not really the time of the year where you think, I fancy a pipe. Like... You naturally calm down, even if you weren't meaning to, right? What about yeah. you? What about mm. you? You stopped with all your ribs and chicken and the American football? Or? Well, you know, I've got to save myself for Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm doing dry jam, but then I'm doing dry jam with some exceptions. It's <sighs> so like my birthday's in January, so I'm. Do you know what you sound then. like? You sound like the modern day vegan. 
Oh, please. They're don't like, I'm a vegan until that chicken wing looks tasty. <laughs> you just don't need to... Flexitarian, they are, aren't they? Prescribe yourself labels like that. Also, I think they say when you're giving up smoking, the average person fails seven times yeah. before they officially give it up. So just take heed, take notice, it's okay. I think if you, so do, if you do enjoy Jan and drink seven times, you're fine. And I also average. think, spoke about this on the radio today, if you do dry Jan, right, don't do the chaos carnage Feb weekend. Just oh, ease yeah, back exactly. it. Because people have got, do 20 pints in three days and go, what, well, I've done dry Jan, liver's fine. Mate, you've had 20 pints in 48 hours, your liver's far from fine. That sounds yeah. like a fun link for the, Easy. the people of Essex. Yeah. Here's Julepa. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, give us your last fact of the show. <clears throat> okay, so we're on the word now. Ultra crepidarian. Ultra crepidarian. I think I'm ultra crepidarian. What's it mean? A person who gives opinions on subjects they know nothing about. Yeah, that's been this episode, isn't it? Do you think that I'm that? Ultra crepidarian. He's just Googled it. I'm a bit of an ultra crepidarian. Exactly that. I find myself getting in too deep, though. Like, I'll put a little opinion out there that I don't really know anything about, and then someone will say, well, that's wrong. And I'll be like, well, I can tell you it's well. not. And then I just, you know, I'm, I'm suddenly an hour later and I'm in too deep. Now, we've done this before on the on, on the show where we bring uh, a word for this thing. I mean, we've got point, it's point, it's point. This isn't, because this is something that a lot of people are. So now you can actually use a word to say, you're a bloody little ultra crepidarian you are. I tell you. You need to shorten it, though, don't you? Yeah, just... Ultra crap. You're not going to remember that tomorrow. Ultra crap there. I will, because I, I am that. I hold it quite highly. He's having a look at him. We lose Mark, just to let everybody yeah. know how it works, right? So when you present a fact that isn't Mark's fact, you lose him for at least, what, one to two minutes? Yeah. Why he checks <laughs> that it, number one, exists. Is there anything that he can add that is better than what you're saying? And here we go, yeah. Mark. Floor's yours. What I was actually doing was I realised that if you go to bafflepod.com, there's not actually a button to say get in touch. I was actually adding that for I forgot. So if you want to get in touch with us next week, that's where the messages have been. That's where the message. You now have been. just have to hit the thing that says "get in touch." It's been eight months. We haven't even had a hello. Ultra crepidarian. Put that in your vocabulary for the new year. It's a good one. If you have an opinion about something that you don't know anything about, you are ultra crepidarian. Which we all are, really, aren't we? Don't know about. I we, know about everything. You could just say someone that has an opinion on something they know nothing about is a podcaster. Very true. Good point. Or on the radio. Last fact of the show, nice and quick. In Bulgaria, when you say yes, you shake your head, and when you say no, you nod it. Not confusing at all. Is that just to be different? Don't know. The way the language translates, that's what they do. All right. Good one this week. Enjoyed it. If you're in Bulgaria and you want and you want something, you want to agree with something, make sure you nod like you were saying no in Britain and America. You shake your head from side to side if you're saying yes in Bulgaria, unlike in Britain and America. Scenarios where that could go really, really wrong as a Brit in Bulgaria. About to say, that's got to be confusing, A, for tourists in Bulgaria, but B, for Bulgarians going on holiday anywhere else. Yeah. It could go wrong. Would you like some of the sweet ganja? No. Especially if you're trying to do it secretly, next to the old ball and chain, the missus next to you, when you're pretending you're saying, you know, actually, it makes sense. It makes sense. If you want to go over, if you want to do something that you're partner doesn't want you to do go to bulgaria because then you could be a bit cryptic they say well will, will you want this sir and you say no it but actually cause... over there it means yes yeah. of course chaos you're walking down the beach front right you've got your sandals on you're holding your little boy's hand would you like some rebates no police pull over yeah hi sir just checking so we, you know we've had an identif- identification come through so is this your kid yeah when, when does that happen well i'm just saying then all of a sudden you've said no well, why are you holding his hand Bang. 
You're in prison. You're locked up. You're five years deep in Bulgaria. Nightmare. There's an example for you. Been a, been a, been a, been a, just a sad moment of reflection now, I feel. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Baffled. What have we learned? Apollo 13, the mission was saved by Jack Black's mum while she was popping him out. Something like that. Also, we've learned why your airline uh, dims the plane when you're landing and taking off. And also, apparently, you live next door to Malcolm. Three doors down to Malcolm. Is that right? Yes. Thank you very much. in your cap. Baffledpod.com is the place to go with the brand new and improved Get In Touch button. And we will see you next week. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you later. See you later.